shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey friends, welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. And I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. She needs no introduction whatsoever, but Annie F. Downs is a New York Times bestselling author sought-after speaker, and successful podcast host based in Nashville. Engaging and honest, she makes readers and listeners alike feel as if they've been longtime friends. Co-founder of the That Sounds Fun Network, which includes her aptly named flagship podcast, That Sounds Fun, and author of multiple best-selling books, including Chase the Fun, That Sounds Fun, 100 Days to Brave, and Remember God, Annie is the friend who will shoot straight with you, remind you that God is good, and still manage to make you laugh in the process. Y'all, let's welcome Annie F. Downs. Hi. 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 You're so kind. Hi. Adore you. Well, if you want to learn about parenting, I'm here. So... (laughs) Well, here's do it. what we want, is we want to know if we can be some of your mini BFFs. Oh, yes, certainly. Anyone is welcome. Or your senior BFFs. <laughs> yeah, you, we'll you take are, any version of your BFFs. Yeah, that's right. We're going to need some advice from you, friend. So this is our very first podcast live, our very first night of tour, our very first time of doing this. We've never been on tour together, and you're a seasoned pro in that space. So we need you to tell us what do we need to know about touring? And let me just say too, Annie, it feels so fitting that you would be our first podcast live guest on our first night of our first tour ever, because if you and Kelly had not started this network, we wouldn't even get to do this. Like, do you know how grateful we are for Mm, you? Yes, we are. You all thank her for that. 
for no, all no, no. that she does. Yeah. It just took world. me too long to get the earrings in. No, 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 no need to clap. Um, first of all, that was incredible. I mean, I, most of you, probably all of you in here are parents because that's who this is for, but as a non-parent person, someone who has not birthed children that I'm raising, it is so helpful for y'all to teach me how to parent myself. Mm. Because when we parent ourselves really well, which is what all the anxiety stuff is about, when we parent ourselves really well, we parent other people really well. Mm. And so thank y'all for teaching us that. Um, the trick to touring is sleeping, honestly, because you, you are expending so much energy. This is so different than our normal lives, right? Like you don't have anything to do until 4.30 and then you're busy from five to 10. And so I am still buzzing at midnight mm. when normally I'm asleep at 9.30. And so your whole rhythms are going to change for this weekend. So just listen to your body for starters. Okay. And also the other thing I would say to you is what this tells you. I hope what this tells you is that, that there are people on the other side of the work that you never see. That's the tricky thing about podcasting is you never see the people. You see the numbers and that matters, but you never see their faces. But you're seeing tonight and for the next three nights, you're going to see all the faces of the people who are better humans because y'all exist. And because of the work you've done for us. And so I hope you, I hope you receive that, that, that they can't all walk up to you and say that, but them sitting in the room says, because of who y'all are, I get to be better at who I am. And that helps us a lot. How many of y'all love Annie's podcast? <laughs> well, I'm very good at talking. Yes. Okay. So being a seasoned writer and podcaster, we, yeah. we want to know what you hope people will gain from the words you're putting into the world. You know, that's really, um, can I say crisscross applesauce? Are we that comfortable yeah, around totally here? Totally we yes. are, yeah. Will y'all still be able to see? Are we still friends back there? Okay. Um, I didn't do crisscross applesauce, just so y'all know. Can I know what I did. Can you see her over the do. pillows? Yeah. Okay, you, okay, okay. you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, Sissy, that has changed over the decade that I've done this. I start, this became my full-time job on April Fool's Day, 2012, which is perfect. I mean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And so it's been 11 years. This has been my full-time job, writing, wow. speaking, podcasting came in 2014. I, um, I used to want to write books. I, when I started, I thought, I want to write books that my grandkids can read, mm -hmm. that will that introduce them to me. Mm. I, I wish I had that for my grandparents, you know? Like, mm. I wish I had, what were they like at 30? Mm. What were they like at 19. You know, I mean, we have pictures and stuff, but I want their stories. It's one of the reasons I would, anybody who says, I want to write a book, I go, write a book. Mm. Your kids, if nothing else, your kids will love it. So it started like that. It started, what I hoped the world got was that my grandkids had a book they could read. And, and then it's become, um, I, I made this joke on Insta story today that the only thing I've actually become really good at is being me. I'm not very good at, like, I'm not a good actress and I'm not a good this, that, but I can, I've kind of sorted out what it looks like to be Annie. And, and so what I hope people gain now is a friend that they feel like is authentically them. Mm -hmm. Because I do, I mean, just like what y'all do, I, I hope that the more money I spend in counseling helps the people on the other side of my work not have to spend as much, <laughs> right? Yes. That, that they gain from, from being friends with me. And so that's what I hope. I hope the writing and the podcasting feels like friendship. That's what matters. When people come up to me at restaurants or airports or here, a couple of people have said, um, I know I, 
I feel like we're best friends. I know you don't know me. And I go, no, no, no. I feel the same thing. Mm. That is exactly how I feel is I feel like I'm talking to my friends. And so that's what I hope happens. Certainly comes with across. The work. Yes. Well, thank you. I feel yeah. like that's, Jesus told stories for a lot of reasons. One is because he said repeatedly, people have ears, but they don't hear. Mm. Right. So he, he did parables, but I also think friends talk in parables. Friends don't have to be harsh all the time. And so I, I think, I think Jesus modeled for us lead with friendship and love and the rest will sort itself out. Mm. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater childcare needs in the summer and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rvg to start a search for a nanny. And as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rvg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. Okay, we announced a little bit earlier that our new season is going to be called Ages and Stages, where yes. we're going to move through talking about who kids are in different moments and what they need. Yeah. And to illustrate the Ages and Stages season with our dear friend Annie, we have an illustration we're going to put up on the screen right <laughs> Look here. Look at her. Which you've no <laughs> idea how happy this photo makes the us. The balloon. Yeah, the balloon. Oh, isn't she the best? Yes. I, that was on my third birthday. Wow. Yeah, I think that's my third birthday. I, um, when you, I went to onsite a couple of years ago and, um, it helped me so much. It's a, um, an extended counseling experience you can go to. It's outside of Nashville. The one I went to is called, um, living centered program. It lasts for about five days. 
And one of the things they tell you to do this, y'all may know this, but they tell you to find a picture of little Annie or little you and keep it with you. And it, and it kind of, I mean, it makes me cry telling y'all about it because this is, this is in my wallet. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times where I think I, I, I have to protect her. And there are times where I go, you don't want to do that because you wouldn't do that in front of her. Mm. And, and, and this picture happened of my, my parent. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. My dad had a little brother in the big brother, little brother program. who was like 16 when I was three and he was so cool. I mean, like he would spend the weekends with us a lot. And, and I remember one time we were like, we were eating barbecue for dinner. And my mom, my mom said, Will you, his name was Bill. Will you go tell Bill to come down to eat? And, I, and he was upstairs and he was showering or something, getting ready. And he leaned over the banister when I yelled at him and he didn't have a shirt on. And I was like, we wear shirts. I mean, I was like, panicked. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? And I, I mean, I just, he was just family. And a few months after that picture, he died in a car wreck. Mm. And I just, that's the last time she was that. Does that make sense? It does. After that, I ran into grief. Everything shifted after that. Yeah. And so you just said there was a lot of healing pretty quick after that. I didn't understand what I'd seen and I didn't understand how he had died. And I didn't, I mean, it just was, it was very, um, everything changed. Yeah. And so she's the one that I think She's the most innocent me. Yeah. That, that little Annie is who the Lord takes us back to mm. with new knowledge and new growth and whatever. But, I, you know, that innocence is, is still me, even after being human for 40 years in between. Yeah. So. Thank you for telling that. Yeah. Did you have another favorite stage of growing up and if so why like seventh grade yeah right (laughs) you know what i you know where i felt the best version of me middle school (laughs) um you know i what else did i love i loved third grade i loved being eight um i loved my third grade teacher she just like we made helmets out of milk jugs and i was like what is this wizardry (laughs) <laughs> how are we doing this um so I loved that I thought she was great when I was five before I could read I remember I learned to read late everybody be cool um I know your three-year-old can read I couldn't um I I, I remember riding my bike around our property we lived at like um we had a pond and my grandparents lived across the driveway so there was just a, it was 18 acres so it was kind of like it was also the 80s. It was like, get on your bike and be back before dinner, you know? Right. And I remember interviewing myself and riding around and asking myself questions and answering before I knew how to read a book. And wow. so, so there's some of that that are good memories as well that, that, are, um, that I thought were good seasons of mm. my life that would not have necessarily been middle school. We had a conversation a while back about feeling stressed and sluggish. We have that conversation all the time. (laughs) 
until we started drinking AG1 daily. Sissy, I could feel a real difference in my energy level and also my focus. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. My focus is so strong, I just caught everything you just said. <laughs> David, I replaced my multivitamin with AG1. I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium and B vitamins for energy support, adaptogens to balance my body's stress level, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune health. Okay, my focus is strong, but I did not catch all of that. <laughs> well, catch this. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. I love those travel packs. Go to drinkag1.com slash rbg. That's drinkag1.com slash rbg. Check it out. That was my next question. When did you see when did you see evidence of that little Annie and yeah. this Annie yeah. coming together? And yeah. I would imagine riding your bike and interviewing yourself. Yeah, and that's there silly because, because you know amazing. the thing I pursued first was teaching elementary school. I taught mm. elementary school for five years. I did. So because of my third grade teacher, Miss Albers, I was like, well, I'm doing this job. Mm. I'm going to be Miss Albers. And so for the, I never swayed on what career I wanted ever. I mean, I went to Georgia, go dog sick. I went to Georgia <laughs> with the like understanding that I was going to teach elementary school because of my third grade teacher. Wow. And so it is only after that dream kind of completed and the door opened for this that I went like, oh, I did this too. Mm. I did this too. But you know, I mean, I, I think I have one calling. It's just had multiple expressions. Yes. Right. Like I am, I, I, I know pretty clearly God put me on the planet to entertain people till they learn something. That's it. <laughs> it just was in fourth grade. It was bringing my guitar to school and teaching them a song about the water cycle, you know, like where I could, and I have a terrible singing voice, but they can, I mean, I, those people are out there 30 years old somewhere singing about the water cycle. Right. <laughs> but now it looks like what happens in my books and what happens at cross point church. And you know, it is, it is still, and what happens on the podcast where you go like, can we talk about something and laugh enough that then we turn a corner and someone has learned. Yeah. And so it just has had multiple expressions. And so I've seen it as a kid. I mean, I, you know, me and my sisters made home videos all the time where we, and we did plays that our parents had to sit through. I mean, all the things y'all are having to do too, you know, <laughs> but I'll tell you one of the things that my, my parents did a lot really well. And one of them is we didn't watch TV during the week, which made me like an MTV addict in college <laughs> because I couldn't watch it at home, but real world got me so good when I got to Georgia and no one told me what I couldn't watch anymore. I was a rebel. Um, but I, I mean, we didn't watch TV on the weekdays and if we got bored, it was like sorted out. Mm. And so I wrote and read a lot oh. and rode around on my bike a lot. And so it made for um, creativity that I wouldn't have had, that I still, if I'd had Instagram as a kid, 
I'd still live in my parents' basement, which is fine <laughs> if you do. It's fine if you do. My reasoning would have been wrong, not the actual thing. Okay, on that note of your parents. Living in their basement? <laughs> <laughs> what did you need from them? Or what is something, that's obviously one thing, anything else that you would say they did that really made a difference? Yeah, um, our parents are parented differently than my friends are parenting, right? And I think that's good and bad. I think it's both. I think, I think it's good. Um, my parents did a lot really well. They let, my two sisters and I are all very different. And they never parented us as, this is what we do, everybody get in line. I went to public school for 10 years, private school for two years. My next sister went to public school for four years and then private school to finish. My third sister was homeschooled in private school. And so it was very like, what does each kid need and what does each kid need each year? And I thought that was really admirable. Now I do at the time, I didn't care, but now I think it's really admirable that they parented us when it came to school really independently. Um, my dad is a CPA. And so, you know, from January to April, it was a single parent home in a lot of ways. But on Saturdays, when he would go to the office, he would take us with him a lot. And we'd go and get a blimpy sandwich. Yeah. And then we'd go to Eddie's trick shop and get a new trick, a new magic trick we could learn. Ugh. And then we'd go to dad's office for the rest of the day. And so we didn't do it every weekend, but we did it enough that I remember going to blimpy and Eddie's trick shop. And, and so it's like, yeah, he was sitting in his office doing work but we were there. And so I, I, there were things like that that I thought it was really special that now I think, I mean, that was so special. And they made me go to church. And, and for all the troubles we all have with what happened in the 90s in churches and purity <laughs> culture and all the things, I hear you, I see your comments. Um, <laughs> I also loved God young mm. and I, wouldn't have known, I would not have known to do that myself. And, and so I'm thankful that they, I mean, I used to joke that if the doors were unlocked and the Coke machine was taking quarters, we were there. <laughs> and so I, um, I'm really grateful for that now in a lot of ways. Well, knowing that you're in Enneagram 7. I am, which all is day. so good for us. We need to be with you more because <laughs> that's what we need to move toward in security. Yes. When do you see evidence of that starting to emerge when you look back? Well, gosh, you know what's funny? So... Um, Enneagram is just a tool. It is not the gospel. Okay. We all good with that. Um, um, one of the things my personality type does, you know, our, my big thing is I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be in pain. And so an immature version of that, I, I did not grow up thinking let's have a lot of fun. I mean, I remember thinking I'm a fun person, but I never thought like, everybody, let's have fun. I think more clearly what I remember is not wanting to be in uncomfortable situations. I didn't like thunder and lightning. I would, I would um, go in the living room. I wouldn't go to my room. I'd go in the living room and put, dig my head into the corner of the couch. I'd try to get, as, I'd try to get my head as far in the couch as I could during thunderstorms. And I think some of that is my sevenness of mm. when things are really hard, I want to be far away. Yes. And so some of it's nature, some of it's nurture. Mm. Um, 
So I, I think I saw it more like that, sadly. I wish it was like, well, I used to throw parties for myself, but I'm like, no, I'd hide when there was a thunderstorm. <laughs> and so that's, I mean, that's the first time I noticed the pain point of my personality type. And also one of the things my parents did, they're both very independent. I mean, they're, they're still married. They love each other. They love us. But mom is, was, a, was the corporate lawyer for Sears and my dad's a CPA and a lawyer, right? So, um, so they both have these real um, driven jobs and driven personalities. And so when it came to the three of us, it was also independent, go. Go do whatever's right for you, which was really helpful. Um, I'm more of a team player as a person. I always played soccer. I wanted to be in sports that were team. But when we would get punished, it was go to your room versus sit down and work it out. Very often it was go chill out and then sit down and work it out. And I think that was a good strategy for a lot of personality types. For my personality type, it fed right into great. <laughs> We're never going to have to talk about this. And then I'm 30 or whatever, 40 in dating relationships. And I'm like, I'm going to be in my room. Um, I'm just going to be in my room. And I hope this all works out by the time I come back out. you know. And so that probably has served other personality types better than that particular thing served mm -hmm. me. But that's also my sevenness of going like, yeah, if I'm mad at someone, I can go hide until I'm not mad anymore. And it does not matter how they feel. I've had to like do the work of like, oh, we're, we're both mad. I should probably say something. And that's taken some time to work that forward in me. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate how, how hard my parents worked to parent well. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, you know us well enough to know that we always include something food-related in our podcast. Wow. Bless and us. We have talked tacos with you before. In fact, we have our beloved, all three of us, Ladybird Tacos here tonight. Gabe Thank and Steely Cotter in this room. We love them. I mean, it's one thing for people to open a restaurant, and it's another thing. Where are y'all? It's, it's one thing for people to open a restaurant. It is another thing for people to build a spot for community. Yes. That people feel welcome and people feel at home and people feel like, oh, yeah, this is what it's like to live in a small town. Yes. Ladybird Taco has helped us live in a small town again. Yes. And I, so I'm just very thankful for y'all. Yes. Amen. Yes. So, we love y'all. Birmingham's we getting got it too. love you. How dare you spread that to Birmingham? We just need you all here, but well done. Yes. Well done. And we have so many folks who drove in to Nashville for this time. And, you know, the first thing we're going to say when you get to Nashville is go straight to Ladybird. So yes. tell folks what they need to order in the morning. What's your Ladybird With order? pleasure. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm going to tell you a couple of things. Number one, if you miss the queso, that's on you. But don't. Just don't miss it. It is so delicious. Hi. Um, don't miss the queso. It's delicious. I'm a number one and a number six kind of girl, but then they switched up my number six, and that was personal. Um, and so I don't know what to tell you anymore because it used to be number six, but I, the, it's, the, it's the tortillas. Here's the thing about Gabe Scott. The man is gluten-free. And he learned how to make these tortillas. Am I telling the truth? By having other people taste them and by his smell. And they are perfect. They it are. is bizarre. <laughs> so you just have to make sure you get tortillas. If you're there anytime near lunch, the cowboy salad with brisket, get in my life. It is delicious. You can't lose. You, can, you totally can't you lose can. there. And if you're a coffee drinker, I'm not. I wake up like this. Um, <laughs> they have crema coffee. Is that right? Yeah, they have crema coffee, which is like bougie people like that in this town. I don't know. 
If I had coffee on top of this, who would be my friend? None of you. <laughs> Absolutely none of you. So this is just how, how I was made. This is my sevenness that I would wake up and be like, who wants to do something? <laughs> we do. Yeah. So continuing with food, what was a meal that kind of defined your family as you were growing up? Do you know what's really funny? I meant to tell you all this earlier. Um, a funny thing has happened. A lot of you uh, may know this part of my story, but my sister who is right below me is married and has a son and had a baby last year that lived for two months and then died. And it is, it has changed our family pretty drastically. One of the interesting things that has happened is suddenly she wants to make a bunch of meals from our childhood, which I, I don't understand grief enough to understand, but here we are talking about spaghetti pie on text message all the time. And so I have a very fresh um, conversation about what we grew up eating because my sister is making her family all these things that we ate when we were kids. And so spaghetti pie was really high where you just, it's weird. Do y'all know spaghetti pie? No, tell yeah, us I didn't it. either. And I still don't really. <laughs> it, you, the spaghetti is the shell and it gets kind of crispy. It's very bizarre. And then you put the middles in the middle, like the sauce and the cheese. I don't know, Pam did it, not me. She, mom <laughs> did this. So spaghetti pie we always had. And, um, and because we were 80s babies, it was the half pear with a little mayonnaise and yes. shredded cheese on top. Yes. Right. Why was that so good? And why did we stop? Will you add that to Ladybird's menu? Just half a pair. It's just half a pair, a little dollop of Dukes, and some shredded cheese. But it's got to be fresh shredded cheese. That bag stuff is for the birds. So make the real stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of, I mean, I remember that so clearly. And, and um, girl dinner, uh, just regular noodles with cheese and butter. Interested. That's what, that was, we would do that a lot too. <laughs> My mom also did rice like five nights a week and I do not eat rice anymore. <laughs> I like went off to college and turned on MTV and turned off rice. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I'm done. So people are like, can I, we're going to have rice at this. I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> anyway, Thank you. love y'all. Thank, Thank you for you. having love me. You, Thank you guys. So <laughs> thankful. If you are enjoying the Raising Boys and Girls podcast, click follow on your podcast listening app to subscribe and not miss an episode. Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls. 